Hello, sports fans out there. This is Coach Eric Johnson, EJ, the brand. And Coach Aaron, the source. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron. Man, a lot's been transpiring lately. We've had a lot of baseball. We had the Major League Baseball draft. And, you know, one of the subjects is, you know, high school players versus college players. When do guys, you know, turn pro? Should they do it in high school? Should they do it in college? We got, we talk about money. We talk about this NLI likeness, image likeness, and all kinds of these factors that are important for, or decisions that these young people have to make, whether they're gonna turn pro or they're gonna go to college. When is the right time, Aaron? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, this is an interesting subject because, you know, just this week, it just seems like we had four athletes drafted in Major League Baseball. Right. Between the two of us. Right. And then we've got um, a local kid signing a million dollars um, for uh, a program that he's going to, right? Uh, high schooler, and we've got the NCAA name, image, likeness. I don't know what you call it, but maybe a decision. Right. And so the landscape of of youth and prep sports and college sports has has, I think, made a pretty major shift. And I just got some initial thoughts on it. And, right. And, you know, I think there, there's some good and some bad. You know, first of all, I've never been a fan of the uh, the NCAA. <laughs> I, 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 in college, I used to call it the no cash for athletes at all. You know, <laughs> that's what NCAA stands for. Exactly. exactly. Uh, right. And so, you know, I, I don't have fond memories. I have fond memories of my of my collegiate career, but not how we were necessarily treated as um, as athletes. Uh, <laughs> just too authoritarian and too too strict for what the return that they were getting from athletes. So I'm, I'm glad to see that stranglehold loosen up. But right. with that said, what does that mean for today's athlete and the landscape and, and the you know, again, me being you know a little bit of a cynic, I, I worry now that the the vultures really might come out. I mean, if you just look at the the proliferation of social media in the last few years and how it's affected athletics, where you've got you know you've got the YouTube sensations and the Instagram athletes. And, you know, again, I'm a purist at heart and kind of old school. And it's just like, okay, the, the lines between personality and ability right. are starting to get blurred. I mean, back in our day, you may have had maybe one or two athletes that, that did that, like Bosworth. Yeah, he's kind of all show, but really didn't bring anything, you know, once he got to the professional level. Um, right. But he was good in, in college. But I'm just saying, you know, that kind of that sort of self-promotion and branding is is has gone crazy, and I think is really just going to take off. And so, who's going to really protect the athlete now from those people out there who might want to exploit that? And some of those being their own parents. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, you know, quick cash. I call it quick cash. Yeah. Quick and cash. so I, I don't know. I, it, it, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. I'm glad to see that, you know, the athletes are having more autonomy about their careers and right. terms of how they can make their, their money. But, you know, again, what things are going to be in place to protect these athletes and, you know, what advice or counseling is going to be out there. You've got the NFL where, you know, every year those guys go sit in a room and they're, they're lectured on, hey, how, this is how you should spend your money. This is what you should do, da, 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 da. But how many of those guys listen to that? And they're in their, they're in their early and mid 20s and, and later. So how are you going to get an 18, 19 year old? And of course, the young man was a 16 year old who just signed for a million dollars locally. Oh. So who is, who's watching over these athletes so that they're doing the right things with their money. They're setting themselves up with a, a future in sports and outside of sports. It's a lot of questions to be answered. And I'm again, just kind of afraid for some of the athletes out there and, and some of the stories we're going to end up hearing five, 10 years from now. Right, right. You know, Aaron, it's kind of like the dash for cash. That's yeah. what I call it. And I find out that athletes may have representation. Um, they may not. They may hear from friends and, and or people in the street that tell them, hey, do this, do that. And that's all they have. I think what needs to happen is there needs to be classes as they are for the NFL and stuff, but there needs to be mentors set up. Mentors that have either made good decisions about how they spend their money to those who did not make good decisions and their story is told. Right. So it's almost like that scared straight story, right? You yeah. see on television that, hey, I'm gonna show you this and you don't wanna be involved in this. Both sides of the story need to be need to be told to all these athletes that are embarking in in professional sports because it can't be one sided because one side only gives you a certain side of it and okay that's what I'm supposed to do but right. what about what happens if you don't do that here's the other side and here's the two sides what side do you want to pick now the athlete is accountable and understands. Right. You know, I've been educated about the good side, the bad side, you know, and what do I need to do? So the sport itself, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, whatever, track and field, soccer, gymnastics, whatever, yeah. there needs to be some sort of group, whether it's one group under different type of each sport that goes out and speaks to these athletes and educates the parents. Because basically at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff is happening to a small group of people and they don't have a network where they can just dive in and say, hey, help me. Right. Help me. Uh, I mean, hey, the NCAA is still going to be making a lot of money. Why don't they put together a program? Why don't they put together a program? One of the things I think is mandatory viewing for any kid now should be the 30 for 30 broke series. Absolutely. Um, That's great series, right? Great I, I series. think those kids should see that. Uh, the other thing, too, is, is, is not just from the financial side, because there's going to be a big rush for athletes to want to use their, you know, to, to leverage their likeness and their name. Right. And I think there needs to be education on 
aligning yourself with the proper products. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you don't, you know, you don't want to be a 16 year old and maybe align yourself up with the wrong product just because they're putting some money in front of you. And all of those things I still think need to be done strategically rather than, okay, hey, they're giving me $10,000 to wear this on their t-shirt. Right. And that's good enough for me. And I guess you can go about things that way, but if you're really talking about building the right image and branding and career, I think right. that takes that takes uh, a level of expertise that a 16, 17 year old isn't gonna have, even a 20 year old, and most parents aren't gonna have. So right. maybe I'm creating a whole new industry, but- I was gonna say, yeah, hey, uh, ding, ding, for, for the source and the brand coming up with a new industry yeah. that uh, looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But I, I at least think that those things should be, be thought about and, and be strategically implemented versus just, hey, you know, again, they're gonna give, they're gonna let me wear their shoes, their equipment, or they're gonna give me some free. For instance, a company came by the facility and they were wanting to give me free energy drinks. And I'm like, well, do these have caffeine? And they said, yeah, I said, I can't take them. All of my kids, most of these kids are high schoolers. They, they shouldn't be right. drinking that. So do you want a kid out there who's, schlepping for you know some kind of energy drink when it's really not that great for them or vaping a vaping product or you know right. all of these things that yes are accessible to kids but ne might not right. necessarily be best for them uh, and then also I guess people being realistic about your kids talent and marketability we, you may have parents who are going to chase that when it's really not a viable option and what about now re recruiting becomes not just a matter of who has the best facilities because that's the dog and pony show. Now it's like, hey, who's in the best market? You know, should I go to this school in Nebraska? It's Nebraska, but you know what? UCLA is in the LA market. <laughs> so there's gonna be some inequities and disparities just based on that. And kids right. might make decisions based solely on that. So now does academics become the third rung in the ladder of, of a, making a, a choice? So I just see this going in so many, <laughs> many directions. And like I said, are schools gonna cry foul because they're in smaller markets? You know, in football, Kids don't go to some schools just because they're in smaller conferences because they don't have the TV exposure. Well, what do you think is really gonna happen now when they can take their name, image, and likeness and go to bigger TV markets? Oh man, it's, it's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy the yeah. money that's involved in this. And you know, it's a business now. And I, and I hate to say that, but it really is a business now and it didn't used to be that way but it's a business now it's big business for for these these families and their young student athletes it is and it's just the way uh it has been created yeah. what it about yeah what about the relationship now with boosters and and people who own companies that are boosters you know hey if you come to oregon well we've got joe's concrete and so-and-so's apple sticks and so-and-so's, <laughs> you know, yogurt. 
they've all put up X amount of dollars to sponsor our app, sponsor athletes. So now on that, is there going to be a list of sponsors that athletes can potentially be introduced to when they sign with a particular school? Hey, I just see this going a lot of different ways. And I don't know if that's all good or not. You know, I, I guess only time will tell. Well, you're going to see a lot of uh, college athletes with agents. Oh, yeah. Or <laughs> I should say advisors. advisors. <laughs> yeah. advisors. Yeah. Oh, you're not agent. You're my advisor. Oh, he's a, he's a life coach. He's your life coach. Yeah. Well, they can't, it, you get around all this stuff. He's, our, he's my life coach. It's something with life stuff. Right. You know, yeah. I'm mean, really going to tell you. You know, you can't do that. That's perfectly legal, actually. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not hating on the whole thing. I just, you know, I just look, I just see how it can go left. Right. And, and if you don't have your eyes wide open, anything else, it, 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 it's going to be abused because people are going to see ways that, you know, they can make money off of these athletes. And maybe it's not the NCAA exploiting them anymore, but maybe it's now <laughs> these other individuals. Yeah, they come out of the woodworks, uh, the yeah. blood suckers, as I call them. So, Aaron, when is the when is the best time to go in, in the draft? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, all this leads into this next this next little subject we have is yeah. when is it the right time to go in the draft, turn pro, you know, your high school, college? When are you really ready? I mean, it's been interesting the amount of studies that they they showed about how many major league pitchers they took in the first two rounds. You know, in, in the recent draft that they're all college guys. You know, yeah. there wasn't that many high school guys anymore. And position players, right. you know, they're trying to fill rosters. And as they go through the draft, and when you talk the first three or four rounds, you know, you see a, a mixture of players, right? Right. But then you start to get into rounds, you know, you know, I, I'd say rounds 10 through 20. You start to see these rosters built with guys that, so the prospects can play. And you see the majority of the kids being college guys. You know, I saw very, number one, not many junior college players anymore drafted. And I saw very little high school kids drafted, you know. And then that should be a warning sign to parents that, hey, listen, it might be a good time. If your kid is not a blue chip prospect, needs to go to college and, and get the education and, and move forward that way rather than say, okay, let me just take the money because the money's all slotted now. It's yeah. all slotted. It's not where, okay, if you're in the 18th round, uh, you got a chance still in the high school player to earn $500,000. That doesn't work anymore. All the money is slotted. So parents need to understand when is it the right time for your kid to go to college or go in the draft or in high school or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a hard one. I mean, there's so many different factors. I mean, there could be personal factors where kids, you know, really need to go because the family needs the money. But if we, if, we, right. if we throw that out, then you got to look at, well, okay, what's the kid's skill set? And what are, you know, what are the experts, the non-biased experts saying about them? <laughs> and it kind of goes back mm -hmm. to what we always talk about, positioning. You know, you should be always figuring out what's the model that I'm trying to meet so that you can be, be positioned to take advantage of the opportunities. So you, if you know you're not, you don't have some of the metrics that they're looking for to be, say, a top four round draft pick, then right. maybe you say, hey, you know what? Let me see if I can 
build my skill set a little bit more with another year or two of college right before I before I look at that I, I think mm-hmm. that and maybe looking at hey well what's the need in baseball what you know sometimes these sports have trends where they're they're all looking for pitchers one year or like you know this year they were talking about short high school shortstops but when the rubber met the road they didn't take a lot of high school shortstops a lot of those guys got drafted very low so you know maybe trying to read the tea leaves a little bit and anticipating what you know might be the hot commodity for that year's draft pick might help you decide as you know what I think I'm gonna wait because maybe hey you're a good you're a good shortstop you're a good cornerback but there's also 15 others that are better than you that are probably you know take those slots but the next year there may only be five better than you so maybe you wait a year it might be kind of hard but again that's what I talk about when I'm when I mean positioning it's hey timing so anyway, timing's yeah. everything, Aaron. You know that timing's everything. And I think a lot of times, you know, a lot of these athletes are—they think it's easy to get drafted, Aaron, and they think it's like, okay, I saw my friend get drafted, that's going to be me, and that's not realistic. You know, people need to understand, they need to understand their skill set and what their skill set brings to the table, and what what's the grading system. A lot of these kids and their parents don't understand the Major League Baseball grading system. Right. That's that's a whole nother podcast, by the way, Aaron. But the grading system as universal is a 30 to 80 grading system. And when they hear these guys talk about this stuff on TV, what is it? What's a 50? What's a 40? What's, you know, what's all these numbers? And they need to understand that's how they're being rated. It's pretty universal across the board at the major league level. They use the same thing they've been using for the past 50, 60 years about somebody's skill set and what it means. And they project players. And people don't understand that they are projecting this guy's potential. It's not like he's a 50 now. He could be a 40 now and then a 50 later. They're going on projections what this player can be in four years, two years, three or four years. What is the window that they feel they can get to the big leagues based on their skill set now? And, you know, people don't understand that. And that's where people get hurt and where people get lost in understanding where their child or their athlete is in the sport right and it, and it's in it i'll tell you they will be very honest with you and tell you where you're at and where you project that and you know i'll tell you a lot of times people can't take it it's it's a it's a tough tough business and people's feelings get hurt but you know what it is a business and they're trying to win the world series and they're going to project that that's their job to do that they are the experts the experts as i say and it's it's that way right yeah i finally i see now even in track and field which is a little bit more clear cut because if you're running the times you kind of know okay that talent is there Um, (laughs) right 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 but again you've got you've got high schoolers who are talking about going pro but I think in a sport like track and field, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just that also have your exit strategy. Track and field is, is one of those sports where, yeah, you can probably run, if you're lucky, you can have a pro career that might be 10 years long, but most athletes, you know, especially track and field, a sprinter, 
that window might only be three or four years. Wow. You know? And that's why it's such a feat to see some of these athletes be in that top, stay in that top echelon for three, even four Olympics. Yeah, that's and so exciting. even if you're not making medals or getting medals, but to be in that conversation, to be in that elite group for that long is really quite a feat. Whether you get, whether you gain a medal or not, because yeah. if you look at the average lifespan, again of of a lot of elite level sprinters, I think it's longer now than when I was running, but it's it it can only be a, just two or three years sometimes, especially Maybe. being the the elite of the elite. So mm-hmm. I think in in that sport like that, you really got to sit back and say, okay, what am I going to be doing after this? How am I going to position myself to have have success in regular life as a civilian? Money set aside to finish my degree, or should I just finish my degree now? Or right. you know, what skill sets am I going to build up during this time to enter the workforce when I'm done? You know, but they should be thinking about that transition and having that in mind when they're making these deals and using these deals to pad those <laughs> transitions. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of, and and like you said, a lot of people don't have a plan. We talk about plan a lot. We talk about management a lot in in hardball athletics. And we think it's the most important factor in getting the the athlete where they need to be in life rather than just the short-term fix of of, uh, playing that sport. So, hey, great subject to talk about today, Aaron. This stuff about when to turn pro, when is the right time, and and understanding uh, what you need to do. Yeah, real intriguing. I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes and how it takes shape in the next few years. It's gonna be gonna be something else. All right, people out there, our listeners. Hey, this is Coach EJ, the brand. And Coach Aaron, the source. We'll see you.